This is Financially Tuned with Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard of Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Good morning, listeners, and thank you for tuning in to Financially Tuned Radio with myself, Simon Hilliard from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. This morning, we have a very special guest with us, Mr. Jeffrey Belomo from Belomo & Associates. How are you doing this morning, Jeff? I'm doing real well. Thank you very much, Simon. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's been a busy week. Uh, getting ready here to enjoy a little bit of the weekend, take a little time for myself, and hopefully you'll get a chance to do the same after the radio show. Yeah, sounds good to me. Well, this morning, to give you guys a little bit of a background, we have Jeff with us. As some of our listeners may know, Jeffrey Belomo is an estate planning attorney here in South Central Pennsylvania, the York area, specializing in elder law, uh, asset protection, some trust work, things along those lines. We've known him for a few years and been working with him with our clients. He's one of just a handful in the South Central Pennsylvania area who specialize in elder law, and we'll talk a bit about that in a moment. But I'll just give Jeff a moment here to give us a little bit of background on yourself and uh, what got you into the business, Jeff. Yeah, so uh, back after I uh, graduated law school, but before I took the bar exam, unfortunately, my mother got very ill and uh, we were asking a lot of questions to the doctor about what was going to happen and how we were going to care for her and whether dad was going to lose everything. And um, unfortunately, no one knew the answers and we weren't able to get uh, an attorney to answer the questions. Um, and ultimately, through that experience, I decided I wanted to uh, help people so that what happened to my family in the hospital room that day uh, doesn't happen to those families. So uh, after practicing for several years, I decided I want to go out on my own and uh, become an elder law attorney. And eventually I got certified and uh, now I specialize in this area. Good. It's good to hear. It's interesting how uh, in not many cases, life's uh, situations and sometimes the unexpected, unfortunate things kind of shape the direction that we're going to go. Similarly with me, my father passed when I was younger. My mom didn't get the greatest financial advice, in my opinion. So it was something I was interested in, got more focused on, and it turned into a career. So, you know, kind of the same background or similar background. And it's interesting that that kind of gets us on the track that we're on. So we mentioned uh, elder law. So for the listeners out there who aren't familiar with the term, why don't you tell them specifically what that means? Uh, I know that you have a certification in that, and that's kind of what I alluded to, that there's not a lot of attorneys um, you can open up the phone book and see a ton of them that say they do elder law, but obviously not a lot are specializing in that or have that certification. So why don't you just clarify for the listeners what that is and what that means? Yeah, sure. So uh, elder law uh, particularly has to do with um, protecting assets, understanding Medicaid. Uh, there's a lot that goes into elder law and being elderly just by itself doesn't necessarily mean you need elder law. Um, and the certification is a certification by the National Elder Law Foundation, uh, and that's what you need to have uh, gotten through. And it's very comprehensive in terms of needing to prove that you uh, have an expertise in a whole bunch of areas. 
uh, and hundreds of case hours uh, in certain areas. And then you could pass an exam uh, that has about a 19 to 20% pass rate. But uh, in order to call yourself a certified elder law attorney, you have to be able to get through those requirements. So um, it certainly is a, is a tough, tough exam, a tough process. Um, and elder law itself is about uh, just a lot more than just being elderly. It has to do with asset protection, um, nursing home, uh, asset protection on that side, as well as trust planning, estate planning, and uh, just a lot more than uh, what people generally think of. So, Okay. Well, today we'll focus a little bit on that nursing home aspect and the nursing home spend down. That seems to be an area that we get lots of questions on in our field, clients coming in, you know, whether they've went through a family member or a parent who ended up in a nursing home or needed some heavy uh, assistance in the in-home care type of situation, ended up costing quite a bit um, and spending down their assets. And they're fearful that that might happen to them and that the surviving spouse in a lot of cases is the big concern. What will they be left with? So we'll focus a little bit today talking about um, specifically how it relates to the nursing home spend down and kind of focus a little bit maybe on that niche or that specific area. And also obviously any of the other areas that have some overlap as well. Um, you know, all too often we have somebody that comes in, even existing clients who went out and saw an attorney that they work with already, or somebody referred to them, somebody, and they come in and say, well, you know, we think that the husband or the spouse is having these issues, whether it might be something normally debilitating or Alzheimer's early onset, things like that. And they say, well, we got to spend everything or we need to take all this money out and put it in the home, those types of things. So we hear quite a bit of bad advice. And oftentimes it's not my area of expertise by any stretch, but I've heard enough from you to kind of know the good and the bad. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit, maybe from your side of things, why you think people are so worried about it potentially? Yeah, you know, you get a, you get a family member uh, who ends up needing care and, uh, the cost can certainly be prohibitive. Uh, for example, you know, a nursing home uh, in the York area can run anywhere from about, say, $10,000 to $12,000. And, you know, it doesn't take long uh, at that cost to really start to uh, dig into life savings and what everyone has uh, tried to accumulate, uh, particularly in a spousal situation when you have a spouse living at home uh, who may still have a lot of years ahead of him or her and you want to make sure that they have ample assets to uh, continue to live and live the lifestyle that they're accustomed to. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's a lot of what we hear from some of the uh, clients, um, some of the feedback. So you did touch on kind of what the average cost of a nursing home is. Um, any idea what the average cost of the assisted living is as well? Yeah, sure. So assisted living uh, or personal care homes in the York area, um, you're probably looking somewhere between 3500 to 5000 That's probably a fairly safe range. Okay. And the difference being in the assisted living versus the nursing home, that assisted living, people don't need quite as much attention and can do some of the things themselves. And then the nursing home, you know, whether it's mental or physical, they're going to need a lot more around-the-clock care, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the technical term is activities of daily living. If you need assistance with one or two, that's typically a personal care or assisted living and three or more or have severe chronic dementia, that would be a skilled level uh, nursing home. Okay. And we hear quite a range. Do you have any idea kind of what the average length that people end up uh, needing nursing home care? Yeah. You know, uh, the, the common answer that everybody gives when you ask that question is two to three years. Uh, and, you know, several years ago, uh, I was traveling around the country uh, training lawyers and um, it came to my attention that while that number is true, 
if you actually really dig into the statistic, uh, surprisingly, uh, a lot of people will actually pass in the first 30 to 90 days. And yeah. that's the highest uh, statistic. And if they don't pass in the first 30 to 90 days, often they end up living six plus years. So yeah, the average might be two to three years, but, but that's what you're quite misleading, it's yeah. very misleading. So what you're really kind of trying to hedge your bets against is, am I going to pass in the first 30 to 90 days or six plus years? Clearly very different in terms of asset and how much it's going to take to, to provide care for you. Yeah. And I guess we don't know which one's going to be which going in there. Huh? We don't, do we? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's about all we have for this uh, first start here. We have a commercial coming up here in a moment. So we want to thank our listeners for tuning in. We'll have more of Jeff Belomo and some insight here in the topics we're talking about shortly after these messages. If you want to check us out, you're welcome to reach us at the website, wellingtonadams.com. Give us a call at 855-793-2409. Or you can check out Jeff at com, or the number is 717-845-5390. We'll be right back after these messages. Retirement can be both exciting and intimidating. At Wellington Adams Investment Advisory, we have found many people fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. Since deciding when to file for your benefit is so important, our firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. Call our office at 855-793-2409 or visit us at wellingtonadams.com to learn more. Welcome back, listeners. Today we have myself, Simon Hilliard, as your host from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory, sitting here with Jeffrey Belomo from Belomo & Associates here in York. Jeff, as we talked about in the first segment, is an attorney specializing in elder law, asset protection, um, some trust work, and some of those things along those lines. We talked a little bit in the first segment about nursing home asset protection, kind of what the general concerns are, what the average length of stay, which Jeff pointed out was very interesting, why the average might be two to three years. Most people end up in there for a shorter 30 to 90 days, and then in some cases, quite a bit longer, six years. So really that average can be deceiving, and we want to kind of keep those two extremes in mind. And really what a lot of people are concerned about, I guess, is that long-term stay and really how much of the assets get eaten up and how does that affect a surviving spouse or family. So we'll move on here a little bit. Maybe, Jeff, you can tell us a little bit about what some of the common myths are that you hear when people come into the office and kind of the misnomers that they uh, throw out there. Well, one of the common myths you actually already touched on, Simon, is that uh, with a spousal situation, you just have to spend your assets down. Um, that That's not the case. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later about that. Um, but that's definitely one myth. Another myth is that uh, the state's going to take your house. Um, trust yeah. me. The state doesn't want your home. <laughs> they're not. They're not in the business of, uh, of buying and selling real estate. Um, so that's definitely a myth. Um, if done properly, uh, the state won't even have a right to lien your property at the time of your death, uh, but let alone take your house. So that's definitely a myth. And another myth that we hear a lot of is, you know. I have to give my stuff to my kids. I have to put everything in my yeah. kid's name and I have to make sure I do that 60 months ahead of time and uh, everything will be protected. So myth, 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 myth. Yeah. Well, those are good ones. I think those are the same kind of common ones that people come in thinking. And obviously that's why we work with somebody like you. So we can tell the clients, um, you know, 
what we think is true, give them a little bit of insight as to how it affects their plan and what we've put in place, and then send them to you to get kind of a better understanding of really what the facts are and how it relates to them. And that's always the case. You know, in any situation where you're working with a professional, it's best to kind of rely on them for their expertise, come to somebody like you if that's a concern that they want to protect against and get the facts. Um, so you touched on a good one there. So why don't you let all the listeners know kind of just in general what the standard limits are that can be protected without really doing any specific planning? Yeah, sure. So the uh, primarily we're talking about the uh, spousal situation here. Um, so if a, if a spouse enters a nursing home, the community spouse, who is the person still living in the home in the community, um, that person is allowed to keep a house, a car, the community spouse's retirement account. And then basically what we do from there is put everything in a pot. So whether it's his assets, her assets, or joint assets, everything essentially gets put in a pot and the community spouse can keep half of that pot. Now, it can be no less than 24,000 and no more than 124,000. So for example, if it's 50,000, the spouse can keep 25. If it's 40,000, the spouse will keep 24 because they won't let it go any below 24,000. And obviously if it's 500,000, the community spouse can keep 124,000. That makes sense. Now, what if it's just a single individual and they're trying to, uh, they're wondering what passes on to their beneficiaries? Sure. So in a single individual case, essentially you can qualify for uh, Medicaid with with no planning, as you just mentioned, um, when your assets get below either $2,400 or $8,000. And that's determined based upon your income. So if your income in a month is greater than $2,250, you can have 2,400. If it is less than 2,250 in a month, you can have 8,000. And again, that's both of those things we just talked about are without any type of planning. Okay. Well, especially for an individual case and again for uh, a couple, I mean, that is a concern in a lot of cases. People are thinking, well, something happens to one spouse, how much is left behind? And is that enough for a surviving spouse? And if you're in that range of 23 to 124,000, you know, that may drastically affect how that surviving spouse is able to move forward depending on their social security and pension. So good reason to be concerned, but also good reasons to talk to someone like yourself. Yeah. And then I guess, of course, as you mentioned, if it's an individual, they're not going to be able to protect a lot of assets. If they end up needing those assets uh, in the nursing home scenario, they will spend them down to pretty minimal amounts there. So there won't be a lot to pass on to the beneficiaries. And if that's a concern, again, a good reason to talk to someone like yourself and plan ahead. So why don't you then kind of uh, tell us a little bit about what can be done if you plan ahead? I mean, what's the difference sure. there? Yeah. So as a general statement, uh, when we teach everything, we, we teach it in terms of pre-planning or crisis planning. Uh, pre-planning would be, you know, where you think you have several years before a loved one's going to need care. And crisis planning is, well, eh, we don't have several years. You know, it's, it's up upon us um, and we have to do something uh, immediately. So, for example, in the married couple case that we just talked about where the community spouse can keep half of that pot, what that appears to say is that the other half either has to go to the nursing home towards cost of care or they could spend it down. You know, so often what we see happening is, is people are running out and, and doing renovations and new carpets and new windows. And, and that's great. That is great as long as they need it. Right? right now, when you work with somebody who 
uh, is a specialist in the area and who kind of understands uh, the things that can be done. There are ways actually to put 100% of the assets back in the community spouse's pocket without having to just rush out and spend it. So before you, you know, start doing renovations, um, you might want to talk to somebody who can tell you what your options are as to how to put 100% back in the community spouse's name. Uh, unfortunately, we're not quite so lucky in the single individual case. Uh, currently in Pennsylvania, we are able to protect uh, 50% of assets for a single individual. So where I told you that we had to get spent down to 2,400 or 8,000, uh, even in crisis, um, without having done pre-planning, um, we still could protect about half of those assets for a single individual. So you're looking at about 100% for a community spousal case and about 50% for a single individual. So here I got to have to clarify something for all the listeners because everybody out there is going to be thinking, well, why would I plan ahead if I can just come to you yeah. at the last minute, do the planning? Maybe it costs me a little bit more, but I don't have to worry about it in the cases that it doesn't matter. So wh why plan ahead, Jeff? Yeah, you know, that's a great question, Simon. Uh, you know, I get that question, I don't know, maybe 12 times a day. So, <laughs> so, so not the first time I've been asked that. But, um, you know, one of the things about crisis planning is that, uh, you know, you, you are at the mercy of uh, the courts at the legislature in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, as the times that I was able to travel across the country uh, teaching lawyers, um, one of the things that I learned quickly is that a lot of states have actually um, basically not allow attorneys or not allow professionals to still do those things that I just said. So what that says to me is that a lot of states have taken steps to stop it. So I suspect that at some point in the future, you're going to find Pennsylvania um, making it a little more difficult to do those things in crisis. So right. the other thing you have to remember, too, is when we can protect 100% for a community spouse, that is from the institutionalized spouse's nursing home. So if you don't do pre-planning, the problem is, is that you've now protected all of these assets for the spouse living in the community. But only from the institutionalized spouse's nursing home, which means if they need care later, basically all the uh, saving that you did is for not, because mm -hmm. now it goes towards their cost of care. Whereas if you plan ahead, you can protect it from both person's uh, nursing home care costs. Um, for right now, that's all the time that we have for this segment. Uh, we have some commercial breaks coming up here and we'll be right back after these messages. If you guys, any of the listeners want to check us out, find out more about Wellington Adams, you can visit us at wellingtonadams.com or give us a call at 855-793-2409. Jeff, why don't you tell the listeners where they can reach out to uh, find out more about you? Yeah, sure. So our, our website is belomoassociates.com and you can give us a call at 717-845-5390. We'll be right back after these messages. Are you confident in your financial plans? At Wellington Adams Investment Advisory, we would like to help you craft a strategy with the right plan, process, and professional to help you through the construction of your financial pyramid, starting with a solid foundation. We will help you with the resources, tools, and understanding you need to be successful. To learn more and to receive your personal financial pyramid guide, visit wellingtonadams.com or call us at 855-793-2409. Welcome back, listeners, to Financially Tuned Radio with Simon Hilliard from Wellington Adams. And today we have our special guest, Jeffrey Belomo from Belomo & Associates, specializing in elder law, estate planning, and uh, some of those aspects in the retirement planning process. Jeff's someone I mentioned that we've worked with for a number of years here. We feel real comfortable with him. We uh, enjoy the relationship. He's easy to work with. 
very knowledgeable in his field. Jeff is humble, so he hasn't bragged too much about himself, but I will point out that Jeff is so knowledgeable that he goes around the country training other attorneys on these topics. So good source and a good relationship to have here in the York area. You know, I have to uh, let you know that uh, I'm officially retired. <laughs> my my daughter um, begged me about a year and a half ago to not continue to travel and asked me to stay home and teach her. And how do you say no to a seven-year-old? Oh. Well, that means you were missed. Good thing, though. Nice to be, <laughs> nice to be around the kids. Yeah, amen. Well, good. Um, so we talked a little bit in the first two segments about what elder law means about, in general, protecting assets and looking out for us as we get into our older years. A big part of it and a lot of concern that we come across in our field is that common misconception and some of the concerns about if I end up needing in-home care or more specifically nursing home care for an extended period of time. What happens if I'm married to the surviving spouse, if I use up all those assets, or if I'm an individual and I spend everything I have and nothing that I've worked hard for gets passed on to my beneficiary? So we talked a little bit about that, some of the myths surrounding that, um, about the general rules that apply at this stage if you don't do any planning, and then I'm sure to much of the listener's surprise, if you do some planning ahead or even just before uh, you make some of those last-minute decisions, but especially if you plan ahead, you're able for, for the situations where there's couples to, in most cases, protect up to 100% of the assets. For an individual, up to 50% of the assets. So significantly more than kind of what those standards are. And that's where some of those myths come from. So good to hear that. Uh, good reasons to do some planning. Good reasons to talk to an expert rather than just assume we know what we're hearing or take stuff secondhand or rely solely on Google. So... Since we talked about some of those things, one of the big factors of that is people being worried about if I end up in a nursing home, you know, how do I pay for it? And if I use up all my assets, you know, then I fall back on Medicaid. Another way to go about that, though, is uh, some long term care planning. One of the common things that was kind of a fear tactic sold to a lot of people probably 10, 15 years ago, maybe at this point was the big hype of that concern. Spending nursing homes going to eat up all your money. So buy a long term care policy. Long-term care policy is a type of insurance that if you end up needing in-home care in some cases or nursing home care, um, they'll pay for some certain set amount based on how much you're paying. So what do you, you know, you have any thoughts, Jeff, on long-term care insurance, the traditional style and kind of how that plays into the situation? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I'm certainly, you know, I'm not licensed and obviously uh, certainly defer to you uh, and the experts that you guys are here at Willington Adams. Uh, but, you know, my, my personal feelings are that, uh, you know, the planning that we discussed earlier is great. You know, there's certainly a lot that you can do. But as I alluded to, it's really protection from the nursing home. And one of the things that I find uh, in talking to clients is that a lot of people don't want to rush into the nursing home until they have to. And one of the things that I really do like about long-term care policies um, are that they will provide for you for care in your home. And, you know, the trust planning and the things that we can do in crisis are really more geared towards the nursing home and staying home is huge and having the money to do that. Uh, and then also a lot of the long-term care policies will pay out in the personal care home or the assisted living facility, which is, uh, you know, a little more comfortable for people. And uh, those policies are certainly uh, worth their weight in gold uh, to allow you to stay home longer and longer uh, and enjoy those times. And you know, if uh, you end up needing nursing home care, uh, certainly there's still other things, as we discussed earlier, that can be done. But uh, you really want to try to focus on, um, you know, staying in your home if possible. And uh, 
you know, I'll certainly defer to you, Simon, but you know, my understanding is that they have some hybrid policies now. And one of the things I used to hear a lot about was, geez, if you didn't use it, you lose it. Whereas I think now there's some policies that I hear about that uh, are life insurance. And if you don't use it, it actually pays out in a death benefit. Uh, is that true? Yeah. So there are some other hybrid type of policies um, in different combinations that kind of overcome some of the common concerns that we have. You know, one of the traditional issues that we heard with the old uh, long-term care policies was we could pay into it, end up paying for a lifetime, and then end up not needing that coverage. And obviously nobody wants to be paying for something like that and never end up using it because the costs are pretty high, you know, as opposed to homeowners insurance that we know, hey, if something happens, we absolutely have to have it. The car insurance, we kind of understand because we use that uh, in a lot more often situations. This is one that's kind of a, you know, a lot of people feel is a gamble. So when they came out with some of the, oh, and the other big factor before we mention it is the costs. The costs for a lot of the companies have gone up significantly. Five years goes by, we have a 20% increase. Another five years go by, the 30% increase. It was really difficult to start to meet new clients who had an old long-term care policy that they paid on for five or 10 years. And we see that the premiums go up, the premiums go up and to a point that they can't really afford it. And they get one of two options, become insurance poor or start to reduce the benefit. And that's a tough thing, tough pill to swallow, I guess, after paying into those policies for five or 10 years or even longer. So as you mentioned, uh, Jeff, there are some hybrid policies and we'll just focus on touch on one quickly here. And that's that life insurance that you mentioned. You can buy a life insurance policy that has the option to use the death benefit ahead of time for in-home coverage or nursing home coverage. One of the key things to look for is the in-home coverage, because as you mentioned, for the most part, people don't want to end up in a nursing home. We want to end up uh, using it as we best see fit. So those were good options in there um, to kind of go along with protecting that other aspect. You know, you can protect the assets, but then how do we pay for the coverage when we need it? So that was a good, you know, good insight there. Good thoughts on uh, a good alternative to just paying out and nobody receiving a benefit. In this case, you can use it if you need it. And if you don't, your beneficiaries are going to get something. So your money's going somewhere either way. Um, that looks like that's about it for today's uh, show. I'll take a few moments here and let Jeff uh, tell you how to reach out to him. I know that Jeff, you do some workshops uh, for clients on these topics and others. So if somebody's interested in finding out more about them, how do they reach you? Yeah, so probably the best thing to do would be to start with the website at uh, BalomoAssociates.com or give the office a call. Uh, we're currently running uh, weekly pre-planning workshops and bi-weekly Medicaid workshops. So uh, certainly plenty of opportunities to get educated for free. And if uh, they come to a workshop and put up with me for two hours, which isn't easy, as you know, Simon, <laughs> uh, I do give a free consultation uh, as a thank you for doing that. Oh, that's great, Jeff. That's it for today's show. Uh, listeners, if you want to check anything us, check us out, uh, you're welcome to visit our company at wellingtonadams.com or call the office at 855-793-2409. We thank you for tuning in today and we'll be here same time, same place next week. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Baron Fitzgerald or Simon Hilliard at Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. Call 855-793-2409 or visit them online at wellingtonadams.com. 
All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Baron Fitzgerald, Simon Hilliard, and Wellington Adams Investment Advisory are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.